Good morning, my friends. I'm Pastor Stephen Brooks, and welcome today to our Wednesday morning midweek Bible study called Morning Glory. I'm so happy that you are here today, and I believe that God's Word will build you up strong in the faith and that you will be empowered to do everything that God has called you to do. Now, today we are going to be in Psalm number one. Let's turn over there today and let's talk about the subject of whatever you do shall prosper. Praise the Lord. So we will be in Psalm 1. We're going to start in verse 1, and let's open up today in prayer. Heavenly Father, as we jump into your word, we ask that your Holy Spirit would illuminate the scriptures so that your word is a living word to us, that we can take it and consume it, as our source of spiritual nourishment and food. We thank you, Father, that your word does feed us and that we are strong in faith and that we are walking out your plan for our lives. We give you all of the praise today. We bless you in Jesus' name. We all agree around the world today and say amen. Now, verse 1, blessed is the man the word blessed in the Hebrew means empowered to prosper. Okay, so if you are in Christ, you are blessed. You may not feel like you are empowered to prosper, but walking in faith requires that we do not walk by feelings. In other words, we don't walk by sight. We walk by faith, not by sight. And what that scripture means, which is a, a statement that, that the Apostle Paul made under inspiration of the Holy Spirit, is that we are not living by external circumstances or external indicators to dictate what we believe. What we believe is the Word of God, and that is what we choose to live our lives by. So you are empowered to prosper. You may not feel like it. Don't go by feelings. Go by faith, and you will see that it is true. Blessed, empowered to prosper, is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. Now, we are aware of the counsel of the ungodly in the sense that there are voices out there that would counsel you to do things that would run opposite of what God's Word would direct us to do. Uh, for instance, somebody could say, uh, it's good to invest in this particular company because they are a profitable company. But if you go and look at the company and you see what their product is, uh, it could be something that's, you know, killing people, literally. You know, you, you have corporations that make money uh, sending people to an early grave. You have the tobacco industry. You have the alcohol industry. You have many things that do not help humanity. They actually hurt people. So you don't want to walk in the counsel of the ungodly because an ungodly person would say, well, it doesn't matter. As long as you're making money, who, who cares if people are dying from it or if it's destroying families? Who cares as long as you're making money? But my friends, we are aware of things like that that would be out there, uh, but we are not going to follow that type of counsel who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, okay? So we're not going to stand in the path 
or a direction that sinners go. Come on, Pastor Stephen, go with me to the bar. No, I'm, I'm not going to any bars. I'm not going to any clubs. <laughs> and people know that. I haven't had anybody ask me to go with them, but that's, that is the path of the sinners. Pastor Stephen, it's five o'clock, work's over, let's go down to the bar and have some drinks. No, that's, that's not the kind of life that I live. That's what sinners do, but that's not what we as saints do. So I don't stand in the path of sinners nor sits in the seat of the scornful. The, the scornful, the armchair critics, those that scorn, mock, ridicule, regardless of who is in office politically, with uh, regards of who the leader would be, regard, uh, regardless of how good they're doing, uh, you know, these people, they just constantly cast scorn. Well, we're not going to be like that. It says in verse 2, but his delight. Now, when it's talking about delight, it's talking about something that makes you happy, something that you enjoy doing. Oh, Pastor Stephen, I, I love cooking. I, I, I love to cook uh, as a hobby. I get great delight in that. Pastor Stephen, well, my thing is astronomy. I have a big telescope, and I like to look at the moon at night. Okay, that's all cool. See, it says his delight is in the law of the Lord. So it's fun to have hobbies. It's fun to have interest. But you should have a great interest and a love. I wouldn't call it a hobby, but a joy in the things of the Lord, in the things of when it says the law, we're talking about the commandments of God, or as we know it, the word of God. So your delight should be in the, in the word of God. Well, Pastor Stephen, that's boring. Well, that's why a connection is not being made. Now, while we can enjoy the various interests and the things God uh, uh, has put in our hearts, we all like certain things, I think that we really need to love the Lord and love His Word. And when your delight is in the Word, and you just, you're just like, Lord, I, I tell you what, Lord, I just absolutely love your Word. Now, when you love His Word, you also love His ways. You realize the wisdom of God. Uh, the strategy of God, uh, how he makes everything work in the most amazing ways. All of his laws make sense. Everything he does has order and beauty to it. And so when you start to delight in that, really, you're on the right path to great increase in your life. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, or as we would say from a New Testament, New Covenant perspective, his delight is in the word of God. And in his law, in his word, he meditates day and night. That means, and, and here's the challenge, that means when you get up in the morning, what is your meditation? Well, Pastor Stephen, for me, it's the news. I flip on the news and uh, look, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with the news. And I think in our culture, uh, we've almost become programmed to check the news, which is uh, in many ways repetitive. It's the morning news is the same thing we heard last night, uh, and, and then the afternoon news, okay, we get a little bit of a refresh update, but it's just cyclical. It kind of gets repeated over and over, same stories over and over, and you have the literal talking heads just talking the same thing over and over. Uh, but really, if you want to come into where the blessings of the Lord are at, you have to start working these principles, and it says, and in his law, he meditates day and night. So really, the word of God if you'll get to a point in the morning where you're thinking about it in the morning 
uh, and you, you're thinking about it at night, when you get to a, uh, to a point like that, um, it's really going to start changing your world. Now, it says he meditates. Meditating day and night on the Word of God, the word meditate is referring to the Hebrew word that means to, in our English language, it means literally to mutter. So when you are meditating in the Hebrew mindset, the, the biblical form of meditation, which is the only form of meditation that there should be, uh, you know, there's Eastern meditation, which is basically empty your mind, go off in the no man's land and just, you know, let your mind become this, you know, open portal for whatever wants to come in. Well, something will certainly want to come in. Uh, and often it wouldn't, of course, be from the Lord. So my friends, uh, don't go into the Eastern uh, mysticism and th their forms of meditation where you, quote, empty yourself. Go into the biblical Hebraic form of meditation, which is what? It means to literally mutter. Now, what you're muttering is the law of the Lord or the word of God. You are speaking it, and, and, and mutter is usually spoken in a way where it's kind of like under your voice or it's quietly. You're not telling others. You're not talking to others. You're talking to yourself, and you're talking that word in a, in a way where you can hear it, not, not loudly for others. This is just for you, but you're meditating that word, and it means to, to mutter, to speak it out. In his law or in the word, you are a person who meditates day and night. So when you get to a place where at nighttime, you're not just watching hours and hours of TV, although I'm sure the Lord's not against TV. Yeah. You know, the Lord is the one releasing the technology for television and things like that. Television is, is wonderful. But if you, uh, if you let these other things crowd out the word, that's when the power of the word will become weak in your life and you'll see the promises, but you're thinking, why are they not producing in my life? Uh, it's because you really have to work this. And so you're meditating, you are muttering constantly, day and night, morning, afternoon, evening, late at night, you're muttering that word that you, uh, that, you know, that you are attracted to, th that word that is nourishing you. You're, you're muttering it, uh, speaking it out, mulling it over, thinking it over, uh, pulling the juice out of it, uh, receiving the life and the nourishment out of it. And as you continue to do, to do that day by day, the word becomes, well, let me say it like this. The promises that are in God's Bible, in his word, they start to seem believable. They start to, instead of like too good to be true when you initially hear about something, it starts to become, you know, a, a, a way of thinking like this is going to happen. I'm really starting to believe, in a sense, because faith is getting strong in me. I'm really going to. I'm really starting to believe. You know, I've got this thing in the Lord. God's going to do this. This is going to happen. But that only begins to unfold through constant meditation that is done day and night, not on all of these external things like the news. It is so easy to meditate negative news. It is so easy to meditate problems and worries and concerns. But to do that, it's not going to produce anything good in your life. Uh, actually, to do that, it would produce, number one, the first thing that would start operating would be fear. 
You're going to have fear in your life. You're going to have worry and all types of concerns. And that the reason that is happening is not because there, it's not that there aren't real problems out there, but it's because you're meditating on the wrong thing. So we are told what to meditate on, and that is the word of the Lord. Now, for the person who does this, we start to move now into the incredible proofs and results and blessings that are clearly evidenced in the life of the believer who works these principles. Now watch this. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. He shall be like a tree. Now I've said this before in my teachings that often in the Old Testament you'll see people symbolized through trees. And uh, you'll see a tree mentioned in the Old Testament, but the tree is in a reference to a person or a forest of trees, a whole bunch of trees, perhaps in reference to an army symbolically along, along that line. So look at yourself as a tree because you're going to grow strong and big and tall, and you're going to be well-nourished because you are plugged into the, the river, to the water that's right next to you. Now, here on the property uh, of the ministry property here in Moravian Falls, we have been planting uh, quite a few evergreen trees, and in some ways, we're, we're just getting started. We're going to plant a whole lot more, but uh, it was only about maybe five or six weeks ago, we planted two redwood trees. Now, these are not the, the type that are out in California. I, I sure would love to have some of those trees here. Um, and, and of course, if you've ever been to uh, see the redwoods out in California, that is one of the most amazing sites. And actually, Sequoia National Forest is probably one of the prettiest places in America. But that's also a biosphere. So uh, you can plant those trees somewhere else, and they're not going to get that big in other parts of the country because it's more than just a tree. It's the area that it's in. But nevertheless, we planted two redwoods here, and they are called dwarf redwoods, but they're still redwoods, so they're going to get real big. And we put those things into the ground about five or six weeks ago, put really good fertilizer in there, and we have just watered those trees like crazy. And it has also been raining a whole lot. For those of you that live in uh, the Carolinas, you know what I'm talking about. But it's been raining like crazy, plus we've been watering those trees just all the time. And they're already taller than I am. I mean, I, I, it's almost like I can literally see them growing with my own eyes. They, I, every time I pull into the parking lot here and I look over at those trees, I'm like, they've gotten taller again and they're getting wider and bigger. Oh, what an amazing thing. I believe that's a picture of your life that as you meditate day and night, not on the news, but as you meditate day and night, not on, not on all the bad stuff going on out there, but as you meditate day and night on the word of the Lord, you're going to breathe, you're going to be just like that tree that's getting all of that water. And you're going to grow. You're just going to take off and grow. Woo, this is amazing. He shall be planted like a tree. That's you. He shall be planted like a tree. Excuse me. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season. And I'm here to tell you today, it's your season. This is your moment. This is your hour. This is your time where 
it is fruit-producing time in your life. You're plugged into the Word. You are receiving uh, the things that you need spiritually to equip you, and it is time to grow and produce amazing fruit in every area of your life that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither. You're not going to have any dryness. You, uh, you're not going to have any setbacks. I, I, I would say this, you're not going to have any of these uh, falling away moments anymore. That stuff's all over with. When you are planted right by that river and your roots are going down, that means your devotional life is strong. The, these are uh, times where you are dialed in into the secret place. Uh, this is not like when you first got saved and, you know, maybe you would pray one day and then three weeks later, maybe you'd pray again. No, this is like, you know, that your walk with God is vibrant and fresh. You're not yielding that to the enemy for any, for anything. And so your leaf is not going to wither. You will always carry out an anointing. You will always be fresh. You will always be sharp of mind. You will walk in health and strength and vitality and the enemy will not catch you off guard. Your leaf also shall not wither. Say, amen. Praise the Lord. No more withering, no more shrinkage, no more going backwards. Praise God. You're moving forward. Now, these are promises that are associated with the person, the man, the woman, the boy or girl who chooses to meditate day and night upon the word of the Lord. And it says next, now get ready for this one. Get ready for this one. And whatever he does shall prosper. Prospering in your job, prospering in your family, prospering in your relationships, prospering in your investments. You're just, you are prospering in every compartment of your life. Why? Because it's not by luck that these things are happening. It's not by accident that somehow maybe some say you were born under a lucky star. We know that's a bunch of baloney. No, it's because you are working the word. You are in it day and night. There is life in the word. There is power in the word. And as you meditate on that life-giving word, wow, it's working. Praise the Lord. When you give God your attention to what he says, then he will give you his attention and the blessings really flow. Now, again, let me read this. And whatever he does shall prosper. Whatever he does. Well, Pastor Stephen, I'm not really doing anything. Well, you need to do something because he can't prosper zero. Okay. Uh, in other words, it needs to be something that you put your hands to. Something. Uh, well, Pastor, I don't know what to do. Well, find something to do. Okay, if you're if you're meditating the Word day and night, then you need to find something to do. And I'm sure you have something. Okay, there. Just look around. But the Lord will begin to bless whatever He does. Wow. Now stop and think about that. That is an, a, a magnificent statement. Sometimes when people don't walk close with God, I'm talking about Christians who don't walk close with God, they look at things like this, like this in the Bible. They say, well, I, I know it's there. It must be true, but it's not working for me. It's not, it's not touching my life at all. Why? Because their mind is on everything but what God said. Mm -mm. Wow, praise the Lord. This is amazing. Now, if you will meditate day and night, I'm not saying it's easy. It takes discipline. 
And when you get up in the morning, uh, you know, you may be used to uh, just pumping into yourself one hour of news. And maybe you watch it uh, on TV. Maybe you listen to it on the radio or internet. You just, you're just absorbing news and it's all negative. It's all bad. Uh, it may be a real challenge for you instead to listen to a faith-building message from the Word of God. It may be a real challenge to you instead to pray or to open up your Bible and begin to get into the Word. But I'm telling you, if you do that, if you go that route, instead of eating all of this um, rotten stuff of the world, if you will do this instead, it, this will work for you and it will work quickly. As a matter of fact, when it says, whatever he does shall prosper, this promise will work any place, it will work anywhere, it will work anytime, it will work for any person. Why? Because God is a covenant-keeping God. Well, Pastor Stephen, how does it work? I mean, it says, and whatever he does shall prosper. What, what, what is the driving force behind this? It's God. And really, it's, you have to understand that this prospering of your life, whatever it is that you're doing. I mean, everything you, you do is working. If you plant tomatoes, they grow well. If you uh, go buy a car, you, 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 get a good, you get a good car. If you go to buy clothes, you, uh, the clothes work out. Everything, every, just everything's working. If you take a trip, it's a great trip. If you, if you go do this, this works. If you try that, I think I'll try that. That works. What's going on? Whatever he does shall prosper. You have to understand that the source of this empowerment is coming from the Lord, and it's a, it's a direct result of you meditating on the Word and making application of that Word into your life. You're meditating on it. You're like, Lord, this is right. This is what I must do. Lord, I, I'm meditating on your Word, and I see that I've, I have not been doing some things that I should be doing, so you make those adjustments, and you just meditate the Word, and you apply the Word to your life, and as you continue and continue to do that, the prosperity anointing gets stronger and stronger on your life. Praise God. Now, I want to share something with you. I thought it was fascinating. I already knew about this for several years. I had heard scientists talk about it, but um, I guess now that others are beginning to hear about it, uh, it is quite fascinating. Here's the scoop. Um, We've been flying airplanes, you know, as far as, you know, humans have now for over a hundred years. And people think, well, because we've got, you know, planes in the sky and all these airlines and people fly by the millions literally every single day, then we've got everything figured out about aviation. But I knew years ago, the truth is that scientists, the most brilliant scientists still cannot explain how the wings on an airplane uh, work. And, and let me get into this just for a moment because it really ties in with what we're talking about. Here's an article on Scientific American. And uh, their articles are very technical, but they are written also in a sense where a layman can understand it without too much technical jargon. Scientific American and the article... Uh, which was published February the 1st, 2020. Okay, so this is a current year article. Says, no one can explain why planes stay in the air. 
Okay, so here we are, 2020, Scientific American coming out with an article that says, no one can explain why planes stay in the air. So here's what people think. People think, well, Pastor Stephen, oh no, we, we know why, because we got this figured out years ago. What happens is that with the airplane's wing, if the, you get the plane with a lot of thrust and get it going real fast, that wind starts going beneath the wing and that wind pushes the wing up and the plane goes up. Uh, no, that's not why it happens. Oh, well, Pastor Stephen, this is why. It's the wind going over top of the wing, and that wind going over the top of the wing creates like a vacuum, and it pulls it up. Uh, no, that's not why either. Well, Pastor Stephen, uh, why, why does it work? Nobody knows. Nobody knows. And we thought it was figured out. It's not figured out. And so let me come back to the scriptures in just a moment, but, li but listen to this. In brief, here are the points mentioned in this article. On a strictly mathematical level, engineers know how to design planes that will stay aloft, but equations don't explain why aerodynamic lift occurs. Mm -mm. There are two competing theories that illuminate the forces and the factors of lift, but both are incomplete explanations. Okay, aerodynamicists, you know, scientists that study flight, have recently tried to close the gaps in understanding, but still no consensus exists. So here we are in 2020, and no scientist, no matter how brilliant they are, can explain. There's not one on the planet that can explain why an airplane goes up. Oh, Pastor Steve, well, we've got that figured out. Nope, nobody's got it figured out. Not one person living on the planet has that figured out. The only person that knows is God. <laughs> Woo, is that not wild? Now, I'm, I haven't forgotten where I'm at. I'm in Psalm 1, and we are holding in verse 3. And I want to come back to this in just a moment. The scripture, whatever he does shall prosper. I haven't forgotten where we're at. But listen to this. Let me just read a little snippet of the article. In December 2003, to commemorate the 100th anniversary of the first flight of the Wright brothers, okay, as you know from here in uh, Kitty Hawk, North Carolina, okay, the New York Times uh, in 2003 ran a story entitled saying, Staying Aloft, What Does Keep Them Up There? The point of the piece was a simple question. What keeps planes in the air? To answer it, the Times turned to John D. Anderson, Jr., curator of aerodynamics at the National Air and Space Museum and author of several textbooks in the field. What Anderson said, however, is that there is actually no agreement on what generates the aerodynamic force known as lift. Here's what he said. There is no simple one-liner answer to this, he told the Times. People give different answers to the question, some with religious fervor. More than 15 years after that pronouncement, there are still different accounts of what generates lift, each with its own substantial rank of zealous defenders. At this point in the history of flight, this situation is slightly puzzling. Why should it be so hard for scientists to explain what keeps birds and airliners up in the air? And it's 2020, and still nobody can figure it out. Now, here's what I want to tell you. 
that if you will meditate in the Word of God day and night, and what you meditate upon, okay, what you're muttering, and you're getting that Word into your spirit, what you meditate upon, you act on. Okay, you apply it to your life. Because remember, James said, don't just be a hearer of the word, but also be a doer. Okay, so as you meditate and then make application of that word, let me tell you this, you will go up. In other words, the Lord says, whatever he does shall prosper. That's you getting flight. That's you getting the lift and you go up. Well, I don't understand how that works. Welcome to the human race. Welcome to the planet called Earth. There's a lot of things about God and His laws you don't have to understand. And if I could say this humbly to you, you may live on this planet for the rest of your life and never understand technically how it works. But let me add this one point. You don't need to. You don't need to understand what makes the plane go up and stay there. You just need to design the wing and do the aerodynamic testing on the wing and make sure it's all safe and balanced right and stuff like that. And you'll go up. You'll go up. The pl and not only will you go up, here's what's amazing. You will stay up. Wow. Well, Pastor Stephen, I'm just afraid that if I ever did break out and got a little prosperity, that within a few weeks it would all collapse. It can't collapse because can't you see the law can't collapse. I'm not talking about the law of Moses. I'm talking about the spiritual and even natural laws that not only will get you up, as long as you keep obeying them and operating them, they will keep you up. Oh, Pastor Stephen, that believer over there that's just always doing so good, they're just lucky. No, no, luck, look, look, luck is random chance. Maybe you can make it happen once, but you can't replicate that scientifically and do it over and over at the same time. See, scientists want proof by let's do a test and do it over and over. And if it's scientific, we should get the same results. So we're not playing the lottery. You know, we're one person out of, you know, 300 million only, only is going to win. That, that's, we, you know, in other words, you might get up, but you're going to, that's the only time you're going to get up. But if you ever did, who knows how you're going to get back down. You're probably going to crash. No, we're talking about laws that have been proven to work. Even if you don't understand them, if you will just obey them, they'll keep you up. Well, I, I don't see, Pastor Stephen, how just meditating on the Word, doing what God says to do. See, that's also called delighting yourself in the law of God. You, you're into it. I mean, this is stuff that you, when you realize, hey, this is, this is where the bread and butter is at. This is the steak and potatoes. Just do what God said to do. Keep your mind on what God said. Oh, but Pastor Stephen, you don't know how bad things are out there. I, I know. I'm just not meditating on that. I'm aware of it. Sure. Uh, because you hear it, you you uh, even without a TV or radio or or uh, internet connection, just walking around, people talk about it. Just walking around, you can also see things. Also, just walking around, you can feel certain tensions in certain cities and things like that. But also, we do uh, you know we see news and I check the news and things like that. But I check it, get the update, and then I just move on. I don't dwell on it or really dig into it because this just goes downwards a downward spiral. So my friends just keep moving with the Lord and stay meditating on that word day and night. You'll find out you'll keep going up. 
even with all the crazy stuff going on out there, yes, it'll still work. Yes. Well, Pastor Stephen, how can it work when we, you, all of these things the news is talking about? It seems like the country, country's having so many problems. The world's going through such turmoil. I'm just telling you that right now, even with all the problems faced in the world, let me tell you this, you can get on an airplane and still go out and fly today and the plane will go up and it'll stay up. As long as you work those laws of aerodynamics, it will still go up. Well, Pastor Stephen, like the article said, though, we don't understand it. You don't need to understand it. You just need to obey it. Mm, what am I doing today? I'm stripping away all excuses from those who say it won't work for me. It will work for any believer who will work it. Wow. But Pastor Stephen, you don't know where I live. Oh, so you're saying an airplane won't fly where you live. Yes, it will. <laughs> Woo! Uh, just go look out. All you have to do is go outside and look up. And if you see an airplane flying over, near, or around wherever you're at, know that where you're at, spiritual laws still work. Natural laws still work. And if you'll work God's laws, he's the author of them. He put them in motion. Then you can begin to go up right where you're at, regardless of anything that anything that society, culture, or the world would look and say, oh, you can't make it because of that in your life. You can't, you can't do well because of that in your life. No, it's all irrelevant in the eyes of the Lord. All you need to do, meditate day and night on the word and walk out what it is you're meditating on, live the word, obey it, and just keep on going. What will happen? You will start to prosper in every single thing that you do right where you're at, right where you're at. Woo, praise God. It is amazing. It's an amazing reality, and it's something that we really need to let sink into our hearts. Let me give you two, um, two examples of this. Whatever he does shall prosper. So this, again, is a result of delighting yourself in the word of the Lord. Okay, You're, you're so into it that you're, you're literally uh, muttering it out underneath your breath day and night. Lord, I thank you. I praise you. I believe your word and you're, you're speaking certain scriptures and you may not understand how they work. You don't need to. They'll still work if you obey them. Here's one. And I talked about this one uh, just a few days ago, but let's just take a look at it. Luke, Luke chapter six. I'm going to give you one example. Luke chapter six, verse 38. You may not know how it works, but as long as you work it, it will work for you. Give, and it will be given to you. Now, hold on just a moment. Somebody would say, that doesn't make any sense. If you give, you have just subtracted from your life. And if you give, how do you know somebody's going to give back to you? See, again, that's getting over into the mental where somebody would say, now we need to understand this all before we do it. No, you don't. Just go get on the plane, pay your ticket, get on the plane, and fly on it. You don't have to understand it to enjoy it. See, you don't have to try to... Um, reverse engineer and dissect it and tear it all apart. Just obey it. It works. Give, okay, and it shall be given unto you. Well, I still don't understand that. They still don't understand how an airplane stays up either. They still haven't figured it out. And if they haven't figured that out, and that, those are some pretty smart men and women, PhDs in engineering, PhDs in, uh, you know, uh, all these areas of aerospace. So if they haven't figured that out, um, you know, these other things, you know, I'm just saying, obey it. Don't be so logical in the sense with all of these things. Just enjoy it. Give, and it will be given to you. 
It, and it will. Good measure, pressed down, shaking together, running over. With good, with good measure shall men give into your bosom. Mm, praise the Lord. With the same measure that you give out, it will be measured back to you. Wow. Praise the Lord. Here's another one. Here's another spiritual law. <laughs> this one's wild. This is, uh, this is one that uh, really separates in the church those that have, I, I would say, normal faith from great faith. Okay, here it is. And here's, here's the one that also people, they think it doesn't make any sense, so, so why should I do that? It, it's also like saying uh, it doesn't make any sense that... Uh, this wind is passing beneath and overneath the wing. It doesn't make any sense how this is not. We can't figure it out. It doesn't matter. But look at this. It still works. Look at this. Mark 11, verse 24. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them. There's the hinge pin right there. When you ask God for something in prayer, okay, a car, a house, uh, if you're single, uh, you know, a godly spouse, whatever it might be. The moment you ask in prayer, Jesus said, believe right then, at that moment, believe you receive them and you will have them. Now, why in the world would I do that, Pastor Stephen? Why would I believe I'd receive it? When I look around, there's obviously, I, obviously I haven't received it yet. See, you're getting over into the natural again. You're trying to look at a spiritual law, a spiritual principle, and you're trying to say, I don't see how that could work. You're the same person as the engineer looking at the wings of an airplane saying, I just don't see how that thing's getting up. But yet it is, isn't it? And that it's like the Christian looking at verse 24. I just don't see how that makes any sense. I don't see how that's going to work. And they sit back analyzing and they never receive. But all you have to do is when you pray, ask and while you're praying, at, and you ask God for that thing, right then, believe that you have received it. And Jesus said, you shall have it. And you just stay on that. You stay on that. Now, if you've asked for something large, uh, it could take longer for your faith uh, to pull that in. Uh, if you've asked something smaller, it's probably going to show up sooner. You know, if let's say that like a car, for instance, uh, you you ask God for a car. Well, if you ask God maybe for, uh, you know, like a used, you know, nice used uh, Toyota, maybe you can go out and get one within you know a couple of weeks, maybe a couple of months. But if you if you're asking God for a brand new Rolls Royce, well, you you don't need a Toyota faith. You need Rolls Royce faith. So if your faith is developed for a Rolls Royce. And it's not like that God cares. It's just to him, it's just a car. I mean, you're talking about, uh, I mean, well, Pastor Stephen, the difference is several hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, well, what's that to God? As if God is concerned about that, that that's totally irrelevant to him. To him, it's just a vehicle. It's whatever you want, but you're going to have to work with your faith. <laughs> so I'm just saying when you ask, realize also your faith is involved in that. So you're going to have to sustain that faith and build that faith for that. Why? Because you're believing what Jesus said the moment you've asked. You've got it. And in the spirit, you have. It's not like God said no. He said yes. He agreed with you. So just hang in there. Stay in faith. Keep working your faith. And you'll see the rest of that verse manifested where Jesus said, and you shall have it. I don't understand that. 
There's a lot of things we don't understand, including the classic example still today in our super high-tech world, which maybe is not so super high-tech after all, when we can't even figure out what keeps a plane up there. <laughs> but my friends, I'm just telling you, God knows what he's doing. He knows how to get you up. And if you will just work it, you'll find out it will work for you. All right, so let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for those that maybe would feel a little bit discouraged that maybe they feel like they've made some efforts and, and some good pushes, but didn't quite see the results yet that they're looking for. I pray that you would encourage them to get back on track, to get back on your word, to get back on your promises, especially the one that says that whatever they do will prosper, that that would light a fire in them and that they would believe it and stand on it and refuse to ever come off of it for anything. Father, we thank you that they would meditate day and night on your word so that any uh, attempts of the devil, and he certainly does make attempts to uh, rob that word from them, that would be blocked. Thank you, Father God. Let your people be diligent. Let them be faithful to your word and really stick with it and be like that tree that's just growing and growing. So, Father, we thank you for results and proofs and miracles, and we thank you for the reality that whatever they do is prospering. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. They can look and see it. Hallelujah. There are proofs. I thank you for valid, tangible proofs in the life of your people. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Glory. Glory. <laughs> Woo, hallelujah. I feel like somebody got their candle relit today. Thank you, Father. Well, if you're watching today also, and you're, you're intrigued about the things of God, well, uh, but you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I'd like to give you an opportunity right now to make that right with the Lord. If you want to give your heart to Christ and receive his eternal life into your spirit, and also receive forgiveness of your sins. If you want to leave behind the life of sin and live for the Lord right now, pray this after me. Say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. I give my heart, I give my life to you. Wash all of my sins away. Write my name in your book of life right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for saving me right now. Amen. And amen. And he has heard your prayer and he has answered your prayer. You now belong to him. If you're watching today and you have, you have been a Christian, but you've fallen away from the Lord and you haven't been serving the Lord and you're, you're starting to drift bad. Uh, look, look, any drifting at all is not good. But some of you, you've come across this program and you're way away from the Lord and you know you are. But God's touching your heart. The Holy Spirit's touching your heart. And you don't, want, you don't want to be away from him anymore. Let's make it right. Pray this prayer right now. Say, Jesus, please forgive me of my sins. I come back to you right now. Now, Lord, reestablish me. I thank you. Thank you for healing me and restoring me. Thank you for holding me. And thank you for that you've never let go of me. Lord, I'm back to stay. Thank you, Lord Jesus. In your name I pray, amen and amen. And Jesus said that the shepherd would leave the 100, would leave the 99 to go get the one. So that's what he has done. He's reached out today and he's pulled you back in and he loves you and you're not going to be drifting anymore. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Let's take Holy Communion today.
And if you've never taken communion before, it's not technical. It's, it's very simple. Just get a little wafer. I use these little bitty uh, flat wafers. You can buy them on the internet. We have a Christian bookstore we go to that we get, get them from. We buy whole bunches of them. Uh, but uh, you get a little cracker if you don't have one of these and some grape juice. And this, we're going to pray over it. And as we pray over it, it will be blessed by the Lord. And then it will be the body and the blood of Christ our Savior. Pastor Stephen, I don't, I don't understand that one. Well, there's a lot in the kingdom that is just a divine mystery. How about that? We've been flying jets and all kinds of things, and still nobody knows. Even the most brilliant people, nobody knows. Oh, Pastor Stephen, but so-and-so had the theory that, no, no, that theory didn't prove anything. Nobody knows. Nobody knows. You know, I, I've read them all, too. I've read, you know, Newton's theory of this. That, that explains it. No, it doesn't. Nobody knows still what keeps them up there. Now, I don't, I don't understand, Pastor Stephen, how this becomes the body and the blood. You don't need to. You just receive what Christ said. He said, when you receive it, he said, this is my flesh and this is my blood. So let's just honor the Lord right now. Father, we thank you for the bread and the juice. We sanctify it, which is we set it apart as holy. We thank you this is the body and the blood of Christ, our Savior. Father, we thank you that your word has many mysteries and some that we can really, we can grasp, but we have to grasp them all by faith because there's, there's elements of mystery in all of them. So Father, we just thank you for the promise of your word. We thank you that as we delight ourselves in you and meditate on your word day and night and apply it to our lives, we thank you that whatever we do prospers. Thank you, Father, for prosperous, blessed, healthy marriages and families and relationships and uh, businesses and finances and investments and ever-increasing expansion of the preaching of the gospel. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name for the mighty promises in your word that we delight to meditate on. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's receive the body of Jesus. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the blood of Jesus and its mighty cleansing power. We thank you, Father, that while Jesus was on the cross, all of our sins, all of our, all of our most awful things were placed upon him. And he bore them for us so that he could ransom us from our sins. And Father, we thank you that he paid the penalty. He took the punishment that we deserved. He took it. And we thank you for him that he did that. Oh, Lord, we give you praise. Father, thank you for the blood of Jesus. It's mighty cleansing power that washes all of our sins away. And that as we walk in fellowship with you, that blood is constantly cleansing us, even from things that, that we would do at times that we didn't even know what was wrong or didn't notice. It's cleansing, constantly cleansing us. Thank you, O oh God, for the cleansing blood of Jesus. We give you praise. Thank you, Father. In the name of Jesus, amen. Let's receive the blood of Christ. Praise the Lord. My friends, as you go forth today, Make God's word your delight. Speak it out, mutter it, talk about it. Yes, you can talk to yourself about the word. You can, you can speak it out underneath your breath and talk it over and just build yourself up and speak that word and praise God. 
Mmm, it's good, good, good. And watch, you're going to become like one of those redwood trees out on the property, just flourishing. I mean, growing literally every day. Stay blessed. I look forward to seeing you next time. Bye-bye.